Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Golf Shake Podcast. My name is Ryan Rastel, PGA Professional at Howley Hall Golf Club in Leeds. I'm ably joined once again by Mr. Matt Holbrook, and we're going to talk all things golf. Matt, how are you? Uh, better than I was this time last week, Ryan, because I've played some golf. Oh, good. You've been out on the links, have you? I have indeed. have indeed. Very good. Rather you than me, Matt. It's bloody freezing still. It's uh, it's been it's been fantastic down here, to be honest. Really, head east, mate. Head east this time of year. That's what you want to do. And south, obviously. And south for you, yeah, definitely. But I'm a yeah. I can advocate east. Yeah, never rains here. Never rains. Really? Well, that was two. It was two weeks ago when the courses were closed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, so how many yeah. times you played this week, then, mate? Um, so I got out on Friday afternoon. Yep. And I actually went and played at, um, so I've got a couple of mates that are members at a place called St. Ives. Um, lots of people might know it. There's a Titleist National Fitting Centre there. Yeah, in Cambridge. Uh, yeah. That's Cambridge. it, yeah, in Cambridgeshire. Not to be confused with the St. Ives in Cornwall. Yep, that's too um, far away. Yeah, it's too far away. But it's, um, so on the site that the golf course has been in there at St. Ives, it's, it's relatively new. I, I want to guess about 20, 25 years. Um, and it's 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 almost like wetlands, like on the Fenlands. Um, and they did market the golf course, I think, to start with as like an inland links, which kind of doesn't really make sense. But I understand why they went down that route. Yeah. A lot of the fairways have got, you know, runoffs into these kind of wetland marshy areas. Um, but what yeah. that means is kind of tea to green. It's, it's pretty dry all year round. Um, and then depending on the time of year and how much rain you've had would depend on how big the ponds are either side of the fairway. So it's a place that I like to go and play every so often. Uh, as I say, cause I've got mates that are, are members there. It's, it's a place that I go and visit quite often and it's um, always in good condition. It's, you know, it's got one tree on the golf course and when you play week in, week out at a park and golf course, it's nice to go somewhere where you can feel like you can just open it up and give it a rip, um, yeah. you know, and kind of go and find it. Uh, and there's some lovely views when you get out the back of the golf course. It's uh, it's quite open. You've got a point on the full tank tee where you can pretty much see the entire golf course and the clubhouse in the distance. And it was a lovely sunny day, and it was uh, a joy to be out. Um, I was played okay, but it's uh, quite exposed to the elements there, so it does get pretty windy. Um, so yeah, we did all right, and then just played Saturday and Sunday at. Stowe Market, my home course, mixed fortunes though, right? So golf, golf does this. And I wanted, what I don't want to do, right, is I don't want to be this person that talks you through my, my round of golf on Saturday, no, shot for that. shot. I guess, no. Hey, being a club pro, you, you you know how many rounds I listen to every week? I'm sure. To listen to yours, let me tell you. I can imagine. Um, but this one in particular, so look, I, I was uh, through 11 holes, I was 12 over gross. And that was basically, Jesus. Yeah, I was, and and that was generally that was ten bogeys and a double. So I literally couldn't even make a par. Wow. Uh, got on the twelfth hole, which is our stroke index two. Used to be stroke index one. Uh, made a really good up and down there for par. Then on the thirteenth, which is our second of two par fives, uh, after good tee shot, good freeward, um, I was just kind of blocked out by a tree slightly. So I just chipped a nine iron and it rolled down a little bank onto the green, hit the flag and dropped in for an eagle free. Nice. Um, and then made an incredible up and down on the next hole, which was uh, also for me a, a shot hole. So 
like you know, managed 11, 12, 13 points in the first 11 holes and then got 10 points in three holes. It's very good. It's like absolutely crazy. Um, that's golf. That is golf, I suppose. I and mean, I know we talk about these, um, these, you know, a few weeks back with Jordan Spieth, didn't we? We mentioned about this 11 shot swing that he had. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then went out on Sunday. And I, yes, uh, yesterday, yeah, as we record this, this is Monday. Um, and I was one, two, three, four, five over through six. And I thought, here we go again. Yep. And then lit- literally went from the seventh to the 17th without dropping a shot. Um, and it was only... The last in with you, man, yeah. Yeah, it was only because of a bogey on the last. And I, I left a part and one of my playing partners said, he's hold it. And at that point, the ball stopped and just kind of rolled back away from the hole. It was that <laughs> close to going in. Nice. Um, but yeah, just like it's just it's just mad how it can just like switch like that, and you know, ultimately, I actually shot so I shot six over yesterday. But when you take the uh, playing conditions into account, yesterday it was actually worth four over for my handicap. So I ended up getting a little um, a little cut. Um, nice, which was nice. It is nice to nice to have that this time of year. Um, but that that bogey, unfortunately, on the last hole. Did cost me the competition win. I come second oh again. Always um, the bridesmaid, Matthew. Always the bridesmaid. That is me. That is me. But so I want no, to advise you to learn. I haven't been out on the golf course this week. In fact, I have. I have. I went out and I hit six fairway woods down one of the fairways for a video that we were filming, and then quickly oh. picked them up and went back in. Did you? Yeah, it was too cold. Is it just the cold? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just it's cold. It's wet. It's yeah. miserable. It was actually quite a sunny day when we did that as well, and I still didn't want to play. But, <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, I just can't wait to get some decent conditions and some nice greens, and you know, just hopefully. Well, Turkey, I'm going to Turkey in about four weeks, four and a half weeks, and I can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm actually going to go out again tomorrow. My car's in for a service in the morning. So uh, I've conveniently freed up the afternoon, and there just happens to be a midweek Stableford. So I might have a uh, might have a bash Wonderful. at that tomorrow. Wonderful um, midweek Tuesday, lovely. Um, yeah, do you know what Pe- people say that? But like we we have, I think we 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 have so we have midweek Stableford and medals. They alternate week, but they also alternate days. So next week we'll have a midweek stable or med- uh, sta- medal or Stableford on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Then the week after will be Thursday. The week after will be Friday. Um, Midweek, so not... on a Friday. Come on, talk me through this. Well, I think it's just it's just the terminology. It's uh, you know because it's not the weekend, um, but it's it also a... means that people, you know, it mixes up the days. You know, so different people can play in them. Makes perfect sense yeah, to me, really. No, I get that. I get mixed but, up the days. But every time I, you know, I tell people that a lot about midweek medals on a Monday, and I was like, but that's not midweek, and I was like. I, I get it because it's not a Wednesday. It's not in the middle of the week, but it's also <laughs> not the weekend. So Fair. Um, no, each to their own, mate. Each to their own. Yeah, right, that's enough about mine and yours trials and tribulations on and off the golf course. What What else have you been doing off the course? And you've been doing plenty of practice. Um, no, do you know? So I haven't hit any balls. Like obviously, because I've played Friday, you Saturday. You must have had a lesson. No, I'd had a lesson the week before. Right. Um, but because I'd played, yeah, in theory, because I played Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going to play Tuesday, I didn't even go and hit any balls today. Um, I actually did some work, some real work. Um, so, yeah, but no, I had a lesson the week before. Uh, 
just change change the grip a little bit, you know. Okay. It's helping me keep the keep the club face a little bit more square slashed on the road to closed. Okay. Um so yeah, but nothing else to report. Just watch the stack of golf this weekend as well. I've watched a fair bit actually, more more than I have done for a while, particularly on the DP World Tour, which we'll get to in a bit. But I mean, generally, I've just been so busy with club fittings this week. It's been crazy. People wanting to try all the new equipment. Um, if I'm honest, it's probably the best start to a year, best end of January I've had in in years. To be honest, in terms of people wanting to try try new equipment, get fitted, um, and, and buy in as well. You know, I I was really worried this year about obviously everyone's money's going to be a bit tight and. And stuff like that, but certainly what I've seen in the first two or three weeks of of kind of selling this year has been completely the opposite. People have you know been saving up for a while, desperately want some new stuff, and you know kind of um, you know pulling the trigger on it. Really, do you know what it is? They've probably watched your YouTube reviews mm-hmm. and they've uh, seen the that. quality, and they think, do you know what? I want a piece of that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. They are, they are very good. But no, we've been really, really busy with that. So, yeah, long may that continue. Absolutely. It's been uh, you know, another busy one today. Finished at about seven-ish and I'm back home. So, yeah, it's just been been steady, steady flow of people. Full bag fitting at the end of the day today, which was really good and, and quite a mixture of stuff. So, ended up with a tailor-made driver and a, a Cobra fairway wood. Uh, Cal- Callaway fairway wood and uh, tailor-made irons and Callaway wedges, so real mix of stuff. I like that. I like that. So, yeah. what's the what's the situation with uh, hardware at the moment? If somebody gets fitted to the new gear now, what's the lead time? What, how long are they going to have to wait? Well, I mean, you're still pre-order, so you can't. No, no, none of it's actually at retail yet, is it? So, so it's um, pre-order, and um, it'll it'll come pretty much when the product releases. So. Each company is a bit different. TaylorMade, I know, have brought theirs forward, so it's sort of the end of next week, if you like. So if you're ordering Stealth 2 now, it's going to come pretty quick. But the guy that I um, did at the end of the day today, so his irons were TaylorMade, so they're out already, and the wedges are with Callaway, so they'll be here probably by the end of the week. I thought they're pretty quick turnaround. Um, But, yeah, all the other stuff's pre-order, so it'll literally come as soon as the companies release it, really. Yeah, it's not too long, is it? It's not. No, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Cool. Lucky, um, lucky, lucky golfers. So let's let's get to the proper golf then. Forget me and you. Let's talk tournaments. So let's start with PGA Tour this week then. So go on. I'll let you uh, let you talk to us about it. Um, so we liked the we liked the result. Um, last week we spoke a lot about John Rahm, didn't we? We did. Um, and I he was looking good for a time, wasn't he? He was looking good for a time, and I've got to be honest, I'm not surprised um, to see him kind of just just have a couple of bad rounds towards the end. I just personally, I just think winning takes a lot out of people. Um, Yeah, and, uh, you know, to do it two events on a bounce is pretty good going, but to to do it three in a row was always going to be a big, big ask, really. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, for a, for a few people, two PGA Tour wins in a career is pretty good, let alone two in three weeks. So, um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> to get three in in three weeks or four weeks would have been unbelievable. Yeah, it would have been it would have been really really impressive. Um, but we like um, we like Max Homer. Yeah, we do. He's cool, uh, and and he came through, and he 
the chap that he beat. Um, his name escapes me now. Sam Ryder was, was the guy. Sam Ryder, that that's it. Yes, Warrior. because he's the Brian guy that Grimm, broke, wasn't he? The guy that did Eurovision. Yeah? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, but he's also the guy that broke the internet over the weekend because well, he was wearing the joggers. Yeah, awful. Um, that's, that's as bad as I've ever seen anyone look on a golf course. Ever. So, <laughs> why don't you tell us how you really feel? I, I am um, right now. <laughs> so, I actually, I don't mind the joggers. I've got to be honest, I don't oh, mind them. Because you've got some. Because I've got some. But what I would say is I can't get my head around the combination of the the really classic kind yeah. of looking... I was just going to say, like, foot- almost like Footjoy Classics and joggers, I mean. Yeah, you know, like... Either Being way, a, Air Max and joggers or... Exactly. Classics, don't you? Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't dream of going out going out of my house, you know, wearing a pair of jogging bottoms and, a, you know, ultimately what looks like a shoe that you would wear to a, a wedding or a... Do you know what I mean? Or, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that combination for me doesn't quite work. Um, so I did think that was quite strange. But nothing breaks the internet or social media like... No one, wants to, no one wants to see his ankles either. I've got a big issue with this. Like, have you got an issue with ankles? Yeah, like I, oh, I if I ever see like guys wearing, you know, when they, like turn the trousers up at the bottom, and you can see like, I don't know, two or three inches of the bottom of their legs and their ankles, and then they've got like a pair of loafers or some sort of yeah. suede. Like, oh my god, that's literally making me feel sick. So I, I do get that. Like, I, I don't understand that, and there is this trend at the moment in life of. You know, kids wearing black trousers, black shoes, and white socks, um, which which is something. Yeah, which is something I never did when I was growing up. But the the, the short trouser thing, I don't get. That was, um, you know, used to take, used to have the Mickey taken out of you when I was a kid. If you know your trousers were too short, because it made it look like you couldn't afford new ones. I saw. Um, to be honest, Phil Mickelson's been fairly good value this week with some things he's put on social media. But one of the things he was saying was about. Uh, People wearing joggers, but you're not allowed to wear shorts. I mean, he's he's quite right, absolutely. I mean, if you can wear monstrosities like that, you should be able to wear shorts. Do you know what? I thought you was cooler. I'll be honest. I thought you was going to be into the joggers. Me? Yeah. Absolutely not. Come on. Interesting. Get a grip. Interesting. Um, no, nah, nah, not for me, mate, at all. But like I say, nothing nothing breaks the internet like a, like a debate about dress code. It's definitely a southern thing, Matt, I think that. You wouldn't catch northern lads wearing joggers on the golf course. I don't know. Right. Actually, 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 you would because I played with, <laughs> I played golf with Gary Beadle a few weeks ago, and he had some on. Yeah, of course he did. Cool cat. That's why. Yeah. Cool cat. Here we go. Nah, not for me. But I'd be interested to hear what everyone else has got to say. Hopefully, they'll get on social media and tell us: is it joggers yes or joggers no? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> but we do need. But generally, let's talk like, about the tournament. So. I I honestly thought Sam after about four or five holes I thought Sam Ryder was going to win to be honest, and I think the weather kind of didn't help. It was very windy, very tough sort of day out on the course. But I mean, Max Home is some golfer, isn't he? Absolutely brilliant player. Um, yeah, he is. I mean, coming clutch with a a a good final round. Um, and another guy who always does well in in sort of really difficult conditions, Keegan Bradley. He finished well up there as well. Did he come second? I think yeah. He did, yeah. Keegan Bradley finished second in the end, um, a couple of shots behind, uh, and he was one straight in front of uh, Colin Morikawa. Um, yeah, absolutely. He started the season nicely. And a guy I absolutely love to watch as well, because he very much plays his own way, is um, 
Sahith Thigala as well. Yeah. Every time I watch him, he's literally got the most ungainly looking golf swing you've ever seen. But my God, that guy can put some scores together as well. Yeah, and and actually, you look you look down the leaderboard. You know, it was good to see Jason Day back in action uh, and, and back in contention. Yeah. Um. At, at one point, it looked like Ricky Fowler was gonna was gonna come through and do something special. Yeah, I was gonna mention Ricky as well because it it, it would be great to see him sort of get back to where we all know he he can be and and sort of play the level of golf that we'd expect from him as well. And he he seems to be well on the road to that as well. Almost a bit like Spieth was a few years ago, you know, where he kind of went missing for a little while, but kind of found his way back there, didn't he? And I'm I'm pretty sure Ricky will do the same. Well, I do hope so. I think golf's a better place to have him. He's just one of the good guys as well, I think. Um, Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But Max Homer has six PJ Tour wins now. Yeah, I mean, that that is seriously impressive. It took him a long time to win his first and now they're coming in bunches, aren't they? And, and yeah, I mean, he's he's a shoe-in for the Ryder Cup team, obviously, this, this year for the US, I think, isn't he? You know, I'd, I'd be shocked if we didn't see him. Yeah, and he's actually he's actually been quite vocal about the fact that he, um, you know, he's that, that's been on his, his radar. He really, really wants that. What's that Ryder Cup, uh, Ryder Cup spot? But he's uh, what is he thirteenth in the world now? Um, and yeah, he's I don't think, isn't he? Yeah, there, there was a stat that I'd tried to remember, but it's something about how many times he's won. No one's won more than him um, since since something. I'll have to dig it out and share it with you if you're that bothered. But um, yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> no, but I mean, he certainly racked up a few. Like I say, it took him a while. It was like something like three was it something like three hundred events or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um and but but yeah, and now he's just literally you know, win after win after win. He's you know, anyone who wins more than five times on the PJ Tour is unbelievable. So he's um you know sort of solidified his place in the world rankings and, and only seems to be getting better. And who knows? I mean I saw a thing he put on um uh, he's friends with Danielle Kang, um, yes. and, and she'd put that she'd won six times in a major, and he he's basically put, well, it looks like I'm just going to have to win a major now because he's won six times. So, so yeah, I think they're fairly competitive between the two of them. So, yeah, I mean, who, who's to say he won't win a major? Absolutely. With the game that he's got and his ability to play well on very tough golf courses, you certainly wouldn't bet against him. No, and actually, whatever he does, he does with a smile on his face. Um, you know, he comes across as a really down-to-earth guy on social media, likes to interact. He's a bit of a joker. Um, do you remember he, it was him that was doing the Roast My Swings for a little yes, while, wasn't indeed, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that he's got a good relationship with the um, No Laying Up podcast guys. Um, so when they was recording their podcast Saturday night after the event, as they do, um, you know, they tweeted to say, has anybody got any questions? And Max Homer actually replied saying, do you mind if I join you? And I just thought, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to do things differently. And I think his stock is rising. Um, another crazy stat, right? If you'd have bet a hundred dollars on Max Homer in every event since the start of 2020, you'd be up $10,900. Wow. Incredible. That's seriously good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's really, really good. So, um, so yeah, so that was that was last week, and then this week on the PJ Tour, we head into an event which I really, really want to enjoy, but I just, I just don't enjoy watching it. Um, oh, I'm absolutely completely opposite. I just love anything at Pebble Beach; just looks awesome. 
So I love Pebble Beach, but I uh, I've seen enough of Bill Murray acting up to a, a crowd to last me a lifetime. You got Gareth Bale, uh, mate. Well, Gareth and this Bale is this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Being a lifelong Gareth Arsenal fan, man. I've got absolutely no appetite to watch Gareth Bale oh, and the Gareth Bale loving. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. You'd have loved him at Arsenal. What a player! Just can't do it, mate. Um, what a player. No, so uh, so yeah, I, I do. I can't, I can't wait to watch it. To be honest, do we do we know who's playing with yet? Any idea? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't looked. Um, I haven't looked because I don't. I tried to look and I couldn't find it earlier. But um, but no, it'd be, it'd be cool. I mean, he, he looks like he's a pretty decent golfer. To be honest, Gareth. So I think he's got a handicap of two. Wow, that's good. Um, so yeah, so he's you know he's he's good, but um, lots. We're we'll talk people... a bit more about Pebble Beach later on. So. Don't yeah. really want to dwell too much on it now. But yeah, I, I actually really like this event. I like it, it's very like the Dunhill that we have here, in that there are some celebrities and some, you know, there'll be, to be honest, the, the, the only bad thing about this one is there's lots of people over this side of the pond we'll have never heard of. There's lots of basketball players, American footballers, um, NHL players, stuff like that, which we, we just have no idea who they are. And no, but I no. guess I guess they're a bit like that when we've got the likes of, uh, you know, cricketers and and stuff like that playing in the Dunhill over it. They have no idea who they are, which is fine. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, it, I always just love watching any golf at Pebble Beach because it's a really special sort of golf course and a special place to play golf. But let's talk a bit about today's round, or well, to be honest, this week's golf in Dubai. Then I, I guess. Certainly, I've watched a hell of a lot more of this than anything I've watched in a while. Are you the same? Uh, I so I actually work at home on a Monday, so I was up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was up about six thirty, and I pretty much didn't move until the winning putt was hold. Very good. Um, so yeah, so I, I watched. I watched quite a lot, and it was it it was a bit of a mismatch at the start of the week because there was a lot of bad weather. Um, yeah, horrible. I mean, I have been in Dubai when it's rained before, and it's almost a bit like us over here when it snows. Everyone kind of loses their mind because they have no idea what to do. Right. And um, and it was certainly a bit like that over there. And um, you know, the place was flooded. And to be honest, it did well to get the golf course back to the the, the um, conditions it was in, really. But um, obviously, I did, see, it, I did see somebody posted a picture of one of the bunkers. The, the face of the bunker had collapsed where yeah. it was so wet. It was yeah, absolutely, yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, whenever there's a Monday finish, I mean, it, it does give you the opportunity to maybe watch more than well, certainly at the golf club we have <laughs> we have it on all the time anyway. But yeah, I certainly got to watch more than I maybe would have done normally. But I, I think it was good that the next event, so this week's event, is also in well, just outside Dubai as well, which helped with the whole Monday finish thing, because the players weren't having to travel miles afterwards so yeah that was pretty good but but yeah i mean the the whole social media kind of story this week was all about rory and patrick reed and their you know, kind of mutual dislike for one another which is fine and a lot of people i know out there absolutely despise patrick reed and i kind of i, I get it i understand it but for me i i don't really enter into all that kind of stuff i just i like watching patrick reed because he's really bloody good at golf um, and I, I like watching him because he's not a robot. He plays his own game. He literally stands there, knows he's going to hit this big slinging draw, and that's exactly what he hits. And I, 
he's almost like a bit of a throwback for me watching him. I, I just he's quite a pure golfer to watch, and I know Rory is as well. But um, but yeah, there's, there's there's some players out there that just their swings just all look the same, and they just hit this nice straight or little cutty ball flight, and they're just boring to watch. But Patrick Reed's definitely not boring. He's definitely not boring, and he. I mean, obviously, lots of people have got their opinion of him based on some of the, let's say, rules controversies that he ends up in. And he, he kind of ends up in these awkward situations where he doesn't come out of it looking good. Yeah. But what you can't argue with is the guy is such a good golfer. Um, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. And, and I, I think this sort of... This tournament with because it was a it was a pretty strong field this week to be honest and um, a lot of people's criticism of live has been that you know it, it's almost a tour for people who who don't compete or can't compete anymore or kind of has beens and stuff like that mixed in with kind of some younger guys but I, I've always thought that that's an absolute load of rubbish really I mean I mean watching this tournament you see the likes of Poulter who you know he can still mix it with anybody Stenson still a good player. Um, obviously, you've got Richard Bland up there playing really well. You've got um, Patrick Reed playing great golf as well. And yeah, I think I, I'm not one of the. I've got no sort of negatives towards Liv whatsoever. Absolutely none. In fact, I, I, I've watched a few of the events and quite enjoyed them. But I and I don't really understand why there's this polarization between different people and these whole social media kind of eruptions. I, I think it, it's really just just. The golfing media trying to make a, a story out of nothing, isn't it? And you know they've got they've got to uh, get people reading their their stuff somehow, and, and this is probably the best way that they do it. But what 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 I did find quite quite interesting was uh, obviously there was the the tea gate issue at the start of the week where they was on the range, and <laughs> yeah. you know Patrick Reed's gone over to to shake his hands, and and I think this one between these two guys is just a little bit deeper with the fact that you know ultimately from what we understand Patrick Reed is. Uh, he's, he's suing a, f- a fair few players with Rory McIlroy being one of them. Yeah. Um, so Patrick Reed's, you know, has probably gone over and, you know, I'm not too sure what kind of response he was expecting from Rory, but Rory wasn't too forthcoming in wanting to shake his hand and say hello to him. And, you know, I kind of get that from Rory's stance. Um, then Patrick flicked a tear at him. And, and if you've seen the footage, it was literally nothing. Um, but then yeah. if on social media and look at so many articles you you would have you would you know you wouldn't have been wrong if you thought that Patrick Reed stabbed Rory in the eye with a T <laughs> way that some of the stories were being written Absolutely. and and you know what I was kind of half hoping they were going to have to go in a playoff because normally they uh, throw a tee up at the start don't they tee, <laughs> yeah. tee's yeah. off yeah. that would have been quite funny but um, um, but, but you know even even then um, what what a lot of people didn't realise was and I found this quite funny is on the first round on Thursday they they actually teed off at the same time, but Rory started on the first and Patrick Reed started on the tenth. Yeah, and then there was this, um, you know, there was the rain and the weather delay, which meant that some of the first round was finished on the second day, and then so many people saw the tee times for Saturday, which normally would have been the third round, but was their second round, and naturally, because you tee off the same times on a, you know, yeah. So come Saturday, they were teeing off at the same time again, and social media was going mad because they everybody thought that Warrior and Patrick was going to be playing together, and yeah. they weren't. They were just playing their second round, and I had to point out to a few people that were getting you know really quite excited about the thought of Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed playing together. 
that it was actually the second round and they had teed off at the same time and it was just now Rory starting on the 10th and Patrick Reed was starting on the on the first and people were losing their mind and you know it, it became about that which is the part of I'll be honest is the part I live that I don't like um is that the whole them and us part and I just feel like it's a bit of a divide um but yeah, ultimately you know, it was if I'm honest I don't see that it's not that it's not all them doing that, is it? I mean, the Rory's been very vote. I mean, I love Rory McIlroy. I want to put that out there right now. I think he is unbelievable as a golfer, and yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. I don't know Patrick Reed. I have met him once, but only to sort of say hello to. And same Rory. I've never really spent any time talking to him. Just kind of sort of been introduced to him and said hello. That was it. But but I know Patrick Reed. From literally 2015 was the first time I went to Dubai and Patrick Reed was there playing in this event back then before Liv even existed. He's always supported European Tour events. He's always travelled to the Middle East and played. And he's been supportive of the DP World Tour, European Tour, whatever it was at the time. And I've got nothing against him playing in this event at all. And these people who... It seems there's a lot of people who are kind of very divisive about this in terms of they... They either are on one side or another, and I, I, to be honest, I'm I'm so apathetic about the whole thing. I just I just love watching golf, and I don't care who's playing it and where they're playing it, as long as they're really good. Yeah, so I, I've been quite vocal about. Um, so I, I I actually I haven't been vocal really, especially on social media about my stance on on live um, in terms of what I think is right or wrong. But one thing I've always been consistent with is that you can never take take that away from Patrick Reed. He is somebody that has always come over and played in a handful of events on the European tour. Um and for that you you've got to, you know, you've got to give him a bit of kudos. Um and that's I think that's what make, that's what makes him more uh, divisive really because he almost does all the right things, you know, he's a great golfer, he's, you know, supportive, always been supportive of the European tour. Um, you know, he's not afraid to travel and, and get his hands dirty and, and play all around the world. Um, you know, so he's almost like the guy that we love to hate. He's like the perfect villain, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of that comes from the Ryder Cup as well. And he, yeah. he's, um, you know, he, he was obviously very kind of, um, I don't know, kind of partisan, I suppose, in in the way that he, he riled the crowd up and, um, you know, tried to silence them with playing well and all that. And and, and that's what the Ryder Cup's all about. And he, he's, he's always played up to that and never, you know, never once kind of been the quiet guy in the background. And I, I like him for that. And, you know, that he's obviously massively scrutinised about the whole rules kind of stuff. And now every single ruling that he gets on the golf course is scrutinised. And let me tell you, these guys are getting multiple rulings every single tournament. It doesn't matter which player they are, but as soon as it's Patrick Reed, there's cameras everywhere and everyone's everyone's trying to look at every single detail. But, um, you know, I, I don't care about all that. All I care about is the guy as a golfer and um, I don't know him as a person, but he he's he's absolutely brilliant at golf and that's all I want to see. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um Personally, I, I I love the result though. Um, good to see Rory get his uh, get yeah. his, his year off with a with a win, especially on a course where he's done done well in the past, um, and he's got a bit of history with that 18th hole. So when I'm sitting there this morning watching him, you know, he's looking at that ball that's narrowly stayed out of the uh, out of the water. Yeah, I mean, that, that, um, 
Yeah, at the time, I don't know how that stayed where it did, to be honest. But but yeah, I mean, um, I'm glad it did because I, I yeah. wanted to win as well, and I, I I like Rory a lot, and he's 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 the purest player of golf that there is out there. I think when you watch him, he just everything just looks so easy for him, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. There there was a moment though where he's on the 18th and he's he's waiting for, like he was waiting for the green to clear, and I was looking at the lie he had. And I was thinking, he can't be going for it. He can't be, but he was waiting. And I was actually really nervous that he was going to have a, have a crack, crack at that green and two. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I'm glad that he uh, glad that he did the right thing and laid up. Yeah, absolutely, he did the right thing. And I think, had he been in the fairway, he'd have definitely gone for it, wouldn't he? But um, but he wasn't. So yeah, I think it kind of made his mind up, really. And, you know, his caddy's good enough now that you know, he'll tell him exactly what to do. But, but yeah, I mean... It it was also good to see other players playing well. You know, we've we've mentioned some of the some of the players up there, but but also um, Dan Bradbury, who was in the final group with Rory, played played with him for the last two days actually. Which I mean, what for for a guy as young as him, who's already won on tour, what an experience that would have been for two rounds with the world number one, watching him win a tournament and just seeing exactly how that guy goes about his business when pressures on all that kind of thing I mean you can only learn bucket loads from watching that sort of thing yeah uh, and uh, I mean it, we I think I saw an interview with him um and I see a picture that his parents had taken with Rory yeah um, yeah, yeah so, I mean such a such a great experience it was a shame that he didn't you know by his own admission didn't have the the best final rounds yesterday because he was he was in the mix wasn't he really he was oh he's right um, there he had, a, he had a chance to win definitely but um you know, him and Callum Shinquin both didn't start well enough, really, to kind of put any pressure on Rory, and and they were both playing with him in in the final group. But but yeah, I mean, like I say, the the experience that he gained from that would have been unbelievable. He finished with a couple of birdies as well to kind of rescue his score. Marcus did pretty well as well, picked up a bit of money. Dan Gavin's as well. Um, well, they ended up tying, didn't they? Marcus and and Dan ended and Dan, up. In a, yeah, um, and in Dan Gavin's was just one behind them. So yeah, I think I think okay. they, you know they've all picked up a bit of money and um, you know and roll on to the next tournament, which is um, again they you know they're probably going to be staying in the same hotel room, but it's uh, at Ras Al Khaimah, which is just a bit further up the coast. Um, golf course I don't really know much about I saw the event last year that um you know it was it was it was a decent event as well and Hoygaard won that um and it's probably not as strong a field as this week if if we're if we're brutally honest but it probably represents quite a good opportunity for um the likes of the players we've just spoken about and Dan Bradbury Dan Gavins I don't think Marcus is actually playing this week but um but yeah, some of those guys to to have a good finish and, and rack up some race to the buy points and some cash. Yeah, I'm just looking at the field actually for this week now, and um, it's uh, it's it's strong enough, you know. I mean, Vic, Victor Perez yeah. is there. Um, Harrington, I saw who who's been playing quite nicely. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the the you know the the big categories at the top, you've got Victor Perez, you've got Ryan Fox, you've got Guido Migliozzi. Um, Callum Chinquin's in, Adrian Moronk is in, Adrian Alt, who finished well last week, yeah, Ewan yeah, Ferguson, yeah. the Guards, uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, uh, Dan Bradbury is playing. Um, yeah. yeah, like you say, Padrick's in. Uh, yeah, but then you're going down, you know, this could be, 
you know, big weeks for players like, uh, I don't know, like a Richard Mansell or a David Law. Um, yeah, I mean, w- these sort of events are the ones that I enjoy because I, I do sometimes think the winner can literally come from anywhere. Um, just having a look there. Yeah, Dan, Dan Gavins is in the field. He's playing yep, yes, Andy yep. Sullivan. Um, Victor Debrison, brilliant. What a character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so it should be should be uh, should be an interesting week. As I say, I might not get to watch as much this week. It was nice the Monday finish, though, wasn't it? This, yeah, really it's it. it's good. I, I I think it's all it's always decent when you get that kind of finish and and you can um, you know you can spend a bit of time. But you know, we're, we're lucky that you know you work from home on on a Monday, and you know we've got it on in the golf club all the time. So yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah. But, you know, with the PGA Tour last week, it was a Saturday finish because of the um, some yeah. American football thing. Uh, so it was, um, yeah, I feel like I've been watching golf when, well, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was watching golf for six days straight. Yeah, which is good, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I wish yeah. they did that every week, to be honest. It'd be cool. Um, yeah, it would be good. <laughs> yeah, just kind of stagger it so you get to watch a little bit more. But, no, it was, it was definitely good to watch. But, um yeah, going back a little bit to Pebble Beach, right? So we're talking about this week's AT&T Pro-Am that we've got there. I've actually been lucky enough to play Pebble Beach before, oh, which here we go. is probably my, I, I think it's my number one golfing, well, maybe it's definitely in the top two, golfing kind of experiences of my life, really. Um and yeah, did you I get mean, it on a good day, weather wise? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was decent. I mean, it was kind of what you expect. It was in we played in May, um, and it was kind of we were first out in the morning, so it was kind of a bit misty and that kind of um, sort of fog that comes in off the sea a little bit first thing in the morning. But yeah, once we'd played three or four holes, that had kind of burnt off, and it was nice and sunny after that. So yeah, it was it was good. Okay, so I've got some questions. Okay. Uh, first question is, uh, who did you play with? So randomly, didn't I? I, I knew my, one of my best pals, Scott. I played with, um, who's a professional as well. So basically, we went on holiday over to America in 2016. Um, it was literally the week, maybe two weeks before I took over as head pro at Howley. Um, so there was three couples went out there, me and my wife, Scott and his wife and another friend of ours and, and his other half. And we went out there for two weeks. We spent a bit of time in San Francisco, which is an unbelievable city, probably the best city I've ever been to. But the second stop on our bit of a tour was down to Monterey Peninsula over to Pebble Beach. So me and Scott being the golf nuts and pros that we are, wanted to play at Pebble Beach and and kind of, had been inquiring prior to arriving in the States about how to go about it. And it seemed that unless you were actually staying at Pebble, you couldn't actually get a guaranteed tea time. So it was one of those where you had to kind of turn up at the pro shop, have a bit of a chat with them. And then and then we uh, kind of found out that we had to ring up the really early the following morning to play the day after, basically. So you could book like 24 hours in advance, if that makes sense. Okay. And is there, so it's not a secret that being a professional, you get courtesy in some places. Was yep. there any kind of special deal done for uh Absolutely not. And let me tell you, we bloody <laughs> tried. 
Um, so we, we were in the, in the shop. I mean, it's exp- it is expensive, right? So you would try, like naturally, anybody oh, in yeah, that scenario. Yeah. I mean, would. we we kind of knew that it was going to be expensive, but also thought that yeah, we we hung around the shop the day before, tried to have a bit of a chat with the lads in the shop, almost get a bit pally with them, and kind of try and you know hoodwink something. But they just haven't done of it, mate. Honestly, it was it was it was a kind of this is the price, <laughs> this is what it costs to play Bubble Beach. Do you want to play or not? Sort of thing. And is that is that information that you feel like you'd like to share with a class? Oh, 100 percent. It was it was five hundred and twenty five dollars to play Pebble Beach. Okay, and would that be the most that you've ever played paid for? Oh God, yeah, golf? absolutely, yeah. and the most I ever would pay, I think, unless it was Augusta, I think. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I don't. So that's, so, so that's about four hundred, probably maybe at the time four thirty, four forty, four fifty quid. Yeah. Um, does that include a caddy? Nope. Okay. Or clubs. I had to hire some clubs as well because I didn't take mine with me. Okay. Um, uh, so so that was $95 on top of that to hire, hire a set of clubs. Yeah. So so without I, what, what I don't want to do is I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of kind of, you know, golf course green fees are expensive for visitors. But because yeah. for me, that sort of thing, right, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, would you would you pay it every week? Absolutely not. But... I mean, I'm yet to go back to that area of um, California and, you know, I'm 37 years old now and I don't know how many times I'm going to go, but um, I dare say I'm probably not going to go that many times. If I do play Pebble Beach again, great, but if I don't, I'll have played it once, won't I? So, yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah. But, but no, we, me and Scott basically rang the, the morning before we played, 7 o'clock, as soon as the shop opened, when can we play tomorrow? And they said, well... There's, there's actually a space for two of you to play first out in the morning tomorrow if you want to play. And she said, okay, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So we booked it, um, went up to the club that afternoon and sort of paid our green fees for the following day. But um, but yeah, it was it was, it was was cool, yeah, knowing that you had a tea time and that you could go. And, and then we were kind of in a bit of a mad hurry because we obviously had to hire clubs, but we didn't have like tees, golf balls, a glove, nothing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. We kind of had to. We we drove to the uh, closest sort of golf superstore and kind of bought bought a big bag of tees and um, some balls and a ball marker and a and a glove each and all that kind of stuff. So. See, I've got to be honest. So having um, having played, so I actually played golf on my honeymoon in Mauritius. Right. But it was kind of like pre-planned. So I did actually take. So I took with me shoes, obviously clothes. Yeah. Uh, Balls, gloves, tees. So the only thing I actually physically needed there was clubs. Okay. So that was a little bit more. Felt like I maybe was a little bit more prepared for that. But yeah, I mean, um, I, t- I took some. I took some golf clothing with me on the off chance that we might play. Um, but you know, we, we were staying there for sort of three days. Really, um, we just stayed in Carmel, just down the road, which is literally a. You can walk down the beach from Carmel to Pebble Beach, which we did actually the day before. We walked down Carmel Beach, sort of scampered up the uh, bank there, and kind of ended up on where like the ninth and tenth green are up the top, the top on the on the bank. So there were people playing out, and me and Scott kind of cl- trying to climb the side of the uh, cliff to get up onto the green. But um, but no, it it was really cool. But but yeah, Carmel was a great place as well who at the time the mayor was Clint Eastwood, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, what 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 a kind of 
area of California that is. But the day before, we'd actually been on sort of 17 mile drive, which is around the Monterey Peninsula, and we'd, we'd been to the links at Spanish Bay, so which is just sort of round the coast a little bit further. And we actually got there right at the end of the day, just as the last group were coming down the 18th. And I, I don't know whether it's got some sort of link to Scotland or whether it's just because it's called the links at Spanish Bay, but they have this thing every day where the last group that kind of comes down the 18th is followed by almost a lone bagpiper as they walk down the 18th, which is just amazing. amazing. So we were looking out to sea and sun was going down. We were sat there having a beer, looking out to see and watching this last group play the 18th with this bagpiper walking down the fairway after them, which was just unbelievable. Um, that sounds incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. But then, yeah, we went to like Cypress Point and, um, well, to be honest, I mean, there's, there's so many amazing golf courses there um, in that kind of little area. So you've got Spyglass Hill, Cypress Point, the links of Spanish Bay, Pebble Beach. There's just, just so many golf courses in that tiny little area and it, the the coastline is just absolutely ideal for that that type of golf course really that kind of you know weaving in and out of the coastline kind of um I mean you can't call them a links because because they're not um but but they're certainly very very good looking golf courses but yeah Pe- Pebble was very very special and me and Scott turned up having been paired up with Again, so there was two guys we got paired up with who didn't know each other either. So it was kind of almost three groups playing in the same four ball, if you know what I mean. So there was a chap that we met called Mario who was from um, Chicago. He was like a property sort of guy from from, um, Chicago and uh, he was there with his wife. So they were on a buggy. She wasn't playing, just riding around with him. And a guy called Jeff who was from San Diego who really nice guy as well, um, and he was on a buggy. So there was those guys on a buggy, me and Scott walking with our clubs on our back. So it was kind of like, and, and we tried to play off, not the very back tees, but kind of the whites, if you like, and not the blues, um, whereas they were playing off yellow. So it was almost like three groups playing in the same yeah. four ball, uh, which is a bit weird, but it actually worked all right. So me and Scott obviously wanted to play it a little bit longer, and then, we kind of met up at the green, put it out, and then went to separate tees again every time. But it was yeah. it was really good, and, and we had a good chat, sort of going around with the, with the with the guys and with Mario and his wife and stuff. But um, and we got some great photos, which I'll, I'll share a few on on the Golf Shake social sort of channels that you can have a bit of a look at. But but yeah, it was really good, and yeah, I, I definitely recommend anyone. Yes, I know it's expensive, but it, it's worth every single penny. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's a discussion for another day. I think about green fees and stuff, but I, I'm I'm definitely in the camp of you know I think you can justify it. Um, you know, I know people I know people that would spend spend that much money on going out every month. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose yeah. it's yeah. You know, it obviously it depends what you're into, but for a place like we, that, I, it, I, it was I a holiday that we kind of we'd saved up for for a long time. We knew it was going to be expensive. It was kind of one of those holidays where it was just before we all kind of settled down and decided we were going to have kids, so we're going to enjoy ourselves and have a nice time. And us being kind of golf, you know, nuts as we are, we knew how much the green fee was going to be. We'd we'd save that much money up. We'd taken it with us just, you know, and and on the off chance, if we got it cheaper, great. If we didn't, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? It is one of those, but... You're you're not shocked. You're not shocked by a green fit at a place like that, though, are you? You're not turning no, up. No, I don't think. Not so. knowing what to expect. No, not really. But no. I mean, uh, I want yeah, to ask you. 
yeah. s- sorry, I-, I wanted to ask you as well, uh, just about the seventh hole. So probably yeah. one of the most iconic par threes in the world, um, maybe yeah. linked with the 12th at Augusta. Um, yeah. But yeah, anybody that doesn't know, obviously it's a, quite a short par three, elevation drops down and it's, you know, just surrounded by the sea. Talk, tell me just very briefly about that hole. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you you walk from the um, the the eighth, uh, sorry, the sixth on onto the seventh tee, and and it's literally goosebump time as you're looking down the hill there to, you know, the, and th- this is the thing you don't really appreciate on TV when you watch at Pebble Beach. The greens are tiny; they're really small. They're almost like trying to aim at a digestive biscuit. They're so, so small and and really firm as well. And, and all the rough around it is really thick. So if you miss a green there, the, the chipping's really tough. But that hole, obviously, is not long. I think it, it's about, I think it's about 100 yards or something like that. But it's downhill, so it doesn't really play 100 yards. I think I hit um, like a 54 or 56 degree wedge or something like that. Um, on there, but it's still one of those holes you stood there on the tee thinking, I could quite easily miss this green, um, even with a sand wedge in your hand. But but it's yeah, it it was yeah, it it was lovely when when we got there, um, and yeah, I actually managed to hit a decent shot which which went on the green. So yeah, that was kind of as much as I wanted. My pal Scott actually made a two, which was lovely. But um, nice. nice nice easy three, but um. But yeah, it's 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 a great looking golf hole. To be honest, the the hole for me that I always remember, you know, you play these you play this course on video games and, and things like that and watch it on TV and stuff. It's the hole after that. So you you play yes. the eighth when you're hitting it kind of you can't really see where you're hitting it to. It kind of gets to the brow of a hill and and it plays a lot longer than you think when you're hitting it up there. But then when you actually get to the top of the hill, the second shot you're faced with those of you that have ever seen it is it's just a colossal carry over almost a bay isn't it really that comes in and and you're trying to carry loads of water to get it on the green there on a green that's not really that deep and there's rough everywhere some bunkers up the left and yeah it's just such a tough hole but um, for, for those for those people that watch golf right so this is the one where last year at the AT&T was when Jordan Spieth hit his second shot literally hanging off the cliff yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, and um, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have dared to play that shot myself. But um, luckily, I was way further back. But but then, when you're further back, you're hitting something like, I think I hit something like a hybrid off the tee to get it up to the top of the hill. But then I was hitting either a hybrid or a five iron or something like that into the green. So it was it was it's such a long hole, um, and and such a massive carry for your second shot that you almost don't want to go at the green and you kind of invariably bail out left, which is what I did. So, um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very, very tough and, and daunting hole. And the, what, I mean, the ones for me as well that you remember are 17, obviously the, the par three, um, huge green from left to right, not very deep from front to back, but massive, um, from left to left to right, as you look at it and, with a huge sort of swale in the middle of the green, which which can really play havoc. And, you know, a lot of people remember um, in US Opens and things like that. Uh, I, I certainly remember Tom watching Tom Watson on there and, and also um, uh, McDowell when he won the US Open there as well. Um, but then 18 as well, you've obviously got that, the, the shoreline all the way up your left-hand side. You've got that tree in the middle of the fairway. 
um, to aim at. And yeah, I mean, what a tee shot that is. And um, I think famously Tiger was playing there when he only had one ball left in his bag and had to hit it in bounds. And otherwise he'd have, you know, the US Open, he won by 12 shots. He would have, he wouldn't have been able to finish the round because he only had that one ball left in his golf bag. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what what a, what an unbelievable golf hole that is and, and finish. And just some of the houses that you see on the way around the golf course as well are, are amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, you get that a lot in American courses, don't you? The, the uh, real estate, as they call it. Yeah. Around <laughs> the, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, like I say, one, one of the guys we played with was a, you know, massive in, into property, and um, he was he was saying that the house sort of o- over the back of, I think the the tenth or the eleventh uh, hole maybe was like in the in the hundreds of millions to buy. Wow! Um, it, it was an absolutely massive place, but he said something like every year you have to pay twenty percent of the of the property's value in like. Um, Almost like a, a tax that they <laughs> it's ridiculous. For the rich um, and famous. Yeah, it, it's honestly nuts. But but yeah, I mean, unbelievable place. I mean, ju- just just going up there, even if you're not going to play golf, just heading up there. It, it's a municipal course, really. So you know, you can just turn up whenever you want. But um, you know, the the sort of putting green there that's got almost like a little shopping kind of precinct around it, if you like. Uh, with the obviously the Pebble Beach shop, but also you know loads of different brands around there too, and it's not just golf stuff that they sell at the shops. But then you know you go in the clubhouse and grab a beer and look out over eight, the 18th green and you know towards the sea, and you can see down into Carmel down the down the shoreline there. It's it's just a magic place to go really, and and um, you know and go either if you, if you go play golf, fantastic. But if not, if you're just in the area and you fancy popping in for a drink and to sit at one of the most iconic golf courses in the world, then you can do as well. Cool. Sounds sounds one for the bucket list. Definitely, Matt. We need we need to get on that hundred yeah. percent. But uh, but yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting. We, it'd be great for some, um, I suppose, interaction with all of you guys out there as well. Is there any courses that you've played which have kind of blown you away? Are there any that you really want to play? Are there any on your bucket list that you know, no matter what the cost, you would pay it and play it? I guess most people's answer to that would be Augusta, and certainly for me, that that would be the answer. What about you, Matt? Is there anywhere that you you know that you you have played or or that you really want to play that kind of um, either blew you away or one that would would sort of be money's no object? Yeah, got uh, got absolutely blown away at the Golf National a few years back. Okay, um, but that was because of the forty mile an hour winds we that, played in. That's somewhere I've never played and would absolutely love to. Some of the guys I've spoke to that have played there in the in the tour event there have just said how much of amazing golf course that is. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with the, the course itself. I thought was uh, was was really really good. But I mean, for me, like you can't beat Scotland. I've been lucky enough to play the old course. I've played Glen Eagles, um, and then I know we can't we can't talk about it every week. But you know, places like Dundonald, Western Gales, Presswick, um, yeah. you know, Turnbury. But that's that's the one for me. The Elsa at Turnbury. I, I just that stretch of, that stretch of holes up up the coast and up towards the lighthouse. I just I don't think you can beat it. Generally, don't think I'd, I'd agree. I, th- I think other other than Pebble, that's probably just just as a golf course. That that's one of the best experiences I've had. I think um, playing that golf course. I mean, for me, my my number one is will always be. I I got to play with my dad at Carnoustie, and my dad qualified for the Open at Carnoustie in uh, nineteen seventy five. Um, and I played 
like I say, played around at golf at Carnoustie with my dad for his 60th birthday. That that's that's my number one all the time. But Pebble Beach and I think um, playing at, at the Ailsa at Turnbury is, is definitely you know the top three for me in terms of kind of golfing experiences. But but yeah, um, Augusta's definitely up there for everyone. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't even I don't even entertain that idea because I just think it's so unattainable. <laughs> it, is, um, it is, but yeah, but this this year I'm not I'm not sure, um, not sure what I like this year. I've, I've as I mentioned last week, I've already started planning loads of open competitions that I'm going to play this year. So um, yeah, we'll see where we'll see where this year takes me. But I think Muir, Muirfield for me is next on my list. That's where I'd love to love to go and play. Yeah. Definitely. I'd like to do the only thing I haven't done is I haven't done many open um courses on the open rotor. Uh yeah, Port so Rush yeah, would be another one I'd love to go to. Yeah, Port Rush. I'd like to go and play Troon. Um yep. I know you've played there, but yeah, have, yeah. that's maybe a, a a topic for another week. Um yeah, bucket list courses. Bucket yeah. list golf courses. Yeah. Absolutely. But but yeah, I mean um well, like you say, it probably is. Probably is. You, you, we could talk for two or three hours on this subject. I'm sure you're both of us being as uh, into golf as we are. But alas, we must bring this podcast to a close. So, um, just a reminder that our our friends at uh, GolfBreaks.com have some unbelievable offers to celebrate their 25th anniversary. So, um, breaks in the UK, in Portugal, Spain, Greece, Cyprus, Turkey, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. So if you want to go to the Far East, there are some unbelievable offers out there for you as well. But really just a reminder to keep watching, reading, and listening to all things Golf Shake to help you play more and play better. Once again, thank you to you, Matt, for chipping in and helping um, bring this podcast along and, and kind of giving us your insights into what's going on in the world of golf and also your golfing experiences each week. I love it. I love the fact that you just said thanks for chipping in. Brilliant. <laughs> in homage to my Eagle free on Saturday. Well, exa- well exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Eagle on the card. So you just know now that when you start badly, you're always going to finish well, don't you? And that that's almost leaves a sweeter taste in the mouth than anything really does. Exactly. It? It's never over till it's over, guys. Indeed. So from both of us, see you all next week.